You are listening to a Cold Lake Community Church podcast. We hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families connect. Well, my message today is why worry when you can pray. I'm going to read the scripture here. Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 to 34. It's from the New Living Translation. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Jesus is speaking here. He says, don't worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink to drink and drink, or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns. For your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you more valuable to him than they? They are. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or, um, or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautiful as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown out in the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. And listen to this. Why do you have so little faith? Keep that in mind. Jesus is saying, why, are you wor- why do you worry? Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things, saying, what will we eat and what will we drink and what will we wear? These Things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. Let me say that again. These things, worrying about the basics, dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. And he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Well, worry is, is no laughing matter. But I want to try to make you laugh before I bring the message today. One man said, I'm paying a man to do my worrying for me. Whenever I'm inclined to worry, I just let him do it. And I pay him $500 a week. His friend says, how can you afford that? The man replied, I can't, but I'll let him worry about that. (laughs) Webster's defines worry as mental distress, agitation 
resulting from concerns usually for something impending or anticipated. Statistics say that about 80% of the things we worry about never happen. Wow. It also refers to anxiety. Excessive worry can, can make you sick. Plays havoc with your health. Someone said worry is like a good rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but it doesn't get you anywhere. What are you worried about? Many are worried about the basic necessities of life. A safe environment, food, clothing, are all basic necessities of life. And those who have these things and a little more can't imagine what it's like to have the covered beer. There's nothing in the fridge. And you don't have nothing to go and buy with. Jesus addressed worry by addressing the basics. What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? Something that everybody can understand. But the same principle applies to the bigger things of life as well. It's either I trust God or I don't. Either I believe the word or I don't. When we talk about worry, we're not referring to healthy concern, which leads to action. There are some things that you're concerned about, and you know you have to do something in order to correct that situation. And you can do it. But worry is chronic fear that produces negative results. It don't produce any good in your life. Most of our worries are related to our personal circumstances. If you can change it, then just go ahead and change it. Talk to God about it. Seek his advice. Apply what you know from reading his word and see that things change. Worry only amplifies the problem and produces more problems. The word of God clearly states the futility of worry. Jesus said, as we just read, worry is a faith issue. Little faith. He said, why do you have so little faith? You are worrying. Just about everyone in this room today, know about the promises of God. And the Bible says there are yes and amen to those who believe. And sometimes we choose to ignore that and worry. 
Hear the words of Jesus in our text today. Do not worry. Why do you worry? In Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, the New King James uh, Version puts it this way, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be be known to God. Now, I like the new, the new Living Translation, which says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that we can understand. His peace will guard your heart and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Rick Warren gives some reasons in a devotional that Effie and I was doing a while ago and uh, of why worry is so wrong for us. And he states, worry is unreasonable. Here are a couple of reasons why that is true. First, have you noticed if somebody says something bad about you, The more you think about it, the bigger it gets. And second, worry doesn't work. Next point he says is worry is unnatural. He says no one is born a worrier. You might think you are, but you're not. Worry is something you learned. Since worry is unnatural, it is unhealthy. Your body wasn't designed to handle worry. When people say, I'm worried sick, they're telling the truth. Doctors say a lot of people could leave the hospital today if they knew how to get rid of guilt and resentment and worry. Proverbs 14 verse 30 says, A peaceful heart leads to a healthy body. A peaceful heart leads to a healthy body. And when you worry, you do not have a peaceful heart. You cannot have a peaceful heart if you're worrying. Worry is, thirdly, he says, worry is unhelpful. Worry cannot change the past. Worry cannot control the future. All it does is mess up today. The only thing that worry changes is you. It makes you miserable, and it never solves a problem. Worry is, fourth, unnecessary. He says, God made you. He created you. He saved you. He put his spirit in you. Don't you think He's going to take care of your needs. There's no need to worry. The Bible tells us, 1 Peter 5, verse 7, Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares for you. How many believe that today? That God genuinely cares for you. And Peter says, if you believe that, 
then give all your worries and cares to him. God cares about you and your needs. If you're stressed, if you're anxious and worried, let it go. Learn to give it to God. Stress is just another word for worry, really. The battle, Warren says this, the battle with stress in your life begins between your ears. It's in your thought life. What you fill your mind with determines the level of stress in your life. So what do you believe? If you believe God, then then trust him. Sounds simple, but it's true. If you believe God, if you believe the word, what's keeping you up at night? What's keeping you from functioning as a normal person? If you believe God, trust him. Have faith in God. We are a people of faith. Do you know it takes just as much faith to believe that God has saved you as it does to believe him for your healing? To believe him to take care of your children? To believe him to give you direction in your life? The Bible instructs us us in how to order our thought life. Philippians 4, verse 8. Sometimes we just rush through these scriptures. You don't really take time to think on it. Philippians 4, 8. Now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true. What is true? Above all and every other thing, everything else in the world. What is truth? The word of God, isn't that right? The Bible is truth. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about these things. Things that are excellent and worthy of praise. This is what Isaiah was apparently referring to when he wrote. In Isaiah 26, verse 3, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all those whose thoughts are fixed on you. Perfect peace. He will keep you in perfect peace. What you allow yourself to think of determines how stressed and how worried you will be. If you fix your thoughts on God and the promises of his word, he will keep you in perfect peace. And when you've got perfect peace, there's no place for worry. So secondly, let's be reasonable about prayer.
Romans 8, 32 says, Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Everything else means everything else. Amen? Every need, his hands supplying. Plenteous grace he provides. I don't know what the rest of it is now, but it's good. <laughs> Go to the Gaithers, they got it. If God has solved your biggest problem, everything else is small by comparison. And he can solve your biggest problem. It may look like it's impossible. But what does the Bible say? The things that are thought impossible with man is possible with God. You see, living by faith takes the word of God literally and you say, this is what God's word says, and I believe it. I don't care what anyone else says. They can twist it around for their own liking if they want to, but I'm going to believe the Bible. If God loved you enough to send Jesus to die for your sins, he cares enough to help you with your finances. Let me say that again. If God loved you enough to send Jesus to die for your sins, he cares enough to help you with your financial problems. He cares enough to help you with your health. He cares enough to help you with your relationships. Are you struggling in your marriage? Are you finding it hard to be civil with one another? Instead of going through some Dr. Phil, go to the Bible. The Bible tells you how to have a good marriage. We've been living by the principles of the word for 55 years, just about 56 now. We know that it works. And he cares enough to help you with your career decisions. You want to choose what you think is right for you, or you want to choose what God says is right for you? It takes a bit of getting on your knees and praying. It takes a bit of opening up the word of God and seeing what it says. And not just opening it up and closing your eyes and pointing to see what it Oh, that's a good promise for me today. That's laziness. That's the essence of laziness. Get into the Word and read it. Most of you can read a, a, a novel that thick overnight. And you look at the Bible and says, Oh, it's not quite as thick as that, but, Oh, I could never read that. Guess who would put that idea in your mind? Certainly not the Holy Spirit. There's no area in your life that doesn't matter to God. 
He already knows what you need, but he still wants you to ask him, pray for it. Pray. That's how you ask God. Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need with thanksgiving. If we pray in faith, God will answer. He's just waiting for us to call upon him. He does nothing without us asking. He knows what you need. Listen. He knows. He knows what you need. But he says you don't have because you don't ask. If you never ask, you're never going to get. God doesn't force himself on anyone. But he says, there I am. Here's my word. Everything that you ever need in your life, every situation you could ever face in your life is there in black and white. If it's not spelled out exactly what you're going through, it's spelled out in principle. And it's for you. We pray in faith, God will answer, and we will have peace in our hearts, our mind, or another way of saying it, in your spirit and in your soul. Peace, the perfect peace of God. It goes beyond your reasoning mind. Well, we already know that our Heavenly Father owns the cattle on the thousand hills, right? How do we know that? The Bible says it, right? The Bible says it. That's how we know. We also know that the gold and the silver is his because the Bible says it. In fact, the Bible tells us that the earth and everything in it belongs to the Lord. And he can and he will distribute as he wills. And when you have a need, you go to him first. Don't try all the options. Go to him first. He will use whatever options are available for your need. The Bible tells in James 4, 2, that if we have a need, we must ask to have that need met. You don't have what you want because you don't ask for it. James 4, 2. But let's not stop there. There's a large hindrance to answered prayer. I'll give you a couple. Let's read it. In James chapter 4, verse 3. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. You forget that wonderful principle in God's word that we are blessed to be a blessing. 
We want the blessing and then we want to hoard it for ourselves. It doesn't work that way, folks. And then, there's another one while we're at it. We might as well talk about it. How are you treating your spouse? You looking for the blessings of God? And you're treating your spouse in an ungodly way? 1 Peter 3, 7 says, treat her as you should, so your prayers will not be hindered. Now, I talked about reasoning last week, right? Now, it's only reasonable to think that a husband got to treat his wife fairly, then the wife has got to treat his, her husband fairly as well. There's nobody gets a free ride. There's nobody can point a finger at the other and say, you should be doing this. What are you doing? And then there's another one. We need to come before the Lord with a clean heart. All messed up and dirty with sin. Coming to God in an unclean way. Folks, the fact that you ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart doesn't mean that you'll never sin again. You're going to mess up. You're going to make mistakes. Don't push it under the rug. Take it to God. Say, Lord, I'm sorry. I've messed up. I've sinned. That's all you got to do. Keep short accounts with God. That's what I call it. Don't let that old account get larger and larger every day. As the old hymn used to say, the old account was large and growing every day for I was always sinning and never tried to pay. But when I came to Jesus, now I got the channels open. And I can ask him to forgive me as soon as I am convicted that I've said or done something wrong. And the psalmist said in Psalm 66, verse 18, if I had not confessed my sin in my heart, the sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. Do you understand how important it is to keep your heart right with God? We shut ourselves off from so many blessings simply because we've just think just because I can't see Jesus physically that he don't see what I'm doing. He don't know what I'm thinking. He don't know the thoughts that I'm harboring in my heart and how close those thoughts are to becoming a reality. If you have not communicated with God 
in a long while, maybe it would be a good idea to start with a confession. Lord, I've sinned. Lord, I've been slipping away. Lord, I'm backsliding. Lord, I'm in the state of apostasy, turning away from the truth, ignoring the truth, and embracing the, the policies and the principles of the world, which are in direct opposition to God's word. What do you think? Just a thought. We hear the heart of God in 2 Chronicles 7.14. It clearly shows what God requires of his people who come into his presence. We've said it so many times. Oh, we need to take it personally. If my people, if I, who am called by his name, I'm called by his name. Every one of us here that are serving Jesus are called by his name. <clears throat> if I will humble myself and pray and seek the face of God and turn from my wicked ways. Oh, we've got a hard time with that one, don't we? We don't want to call it wicked. No. Failures. Mistakes. But oh Lord, not wicked. Sin is sin. Whether you're a brand new Christian, whether you've never bowed your knee to God, or whether you've been serving God for 50 years, sin is still sin. And we need to repent of wickedness. He says, I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sins. I will forgive your sins. And I will store, restore your land. My last point will be shorter. And when I get to Telling the story about Effie and I. Not, not just Effie. <laughs> I don't want to get in trouble when I get home. <laughs> but um, then the, 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 the uh, worship team can come. Okay. So thirdly, let's be reasonable, reasonable about living one day at a time. In Matthew 16, verse 34, we read, So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. You know, some of us have got the old business model. We got our five-year plans and our 10-year plans. Hey, we haven't even got the day figured out yet. Today's trouble is enough for today. There is a biblical way to practice this in your life. 
First, we need to start the day with God. Start the day with God. Set aside a few minutes early in the day. Maybe you have to drive to work. Maybe you've got 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, probably longer. What an awesome opportunity for you and God to get alone with him and talk to him. Every morning, Effie and I read a short devotional. Usually lately we've been doing, been doing uh, Rick Warren. We've done others. Um, we pray together. We read scripture. We pray together. And we always end our prayer with this. Psalm 118, verse 24. This is the day that the Lord has made. And we will rejoice and be glad in it. From this, we allow Holy Spirit to fill our hearts and our minds with peace beyond human understanding. In our prayers, we pray for the church in general, this church, and every congregational member. Anyone that we know that is going through a difficult time, we, we, we name you by name and your family. And we pray that God will just increase us, that he will just give us a renewal in our hearts and our life as a corporate group of people, and that we will be a real lighthouse in this community. And we are confident that he will provide the resources that we don't have for living a victorious day. We've set our day this day, this Sunday, the 3rd of uh, November, the 3rd of November. We've already set this day for ourselves. We've set it up. We've put it into God's hands. And so not only do we need to start off the day with God, but secondly, we need to touch base with God periodically throughout the day. This is what we call practicing his presence. Jesus, I love you. It just comes out. It helps to remind you that he's always near. He's as near as the mention of his name. I don't have to wait until next Sunday to get in touch with God. Lord, I need help. Lord, I need direction. I don't know what to do here, but Lord, you do, you do. The hymn writer says, oh, what pain we often forfeit. What? Oh, what needless pain we bear. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. 
And so your, throughout the day, it could be one sentence prayers, a whisper with eyes wide open. He's as near as the mention of his name. Do you get what I'm saying? I think you do. So why worry when you can pray? We have it from the highest authority, Jesus. He said, these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above everything else. So in closing, we can worry less and enjoy life more by adhering to our Lord's teaching. Folks, God didn't put one word, one mark in the Bible just to fill a space. It was all for our instruction. Old and New Testament, it's all there for us so that we wouldn't try to reinvent the wheel. Replace worry with prayer. Learn to live one day at a time. Stop worrying about things that is out of your control. You're not going to change anything. You're just going to make yourself sick. It's better to act in faith than in unbelief. It's better to pray in faith than to worry in unbelief. There's an old song that maybe most of you don't know, but we, we've got it on the overhead today, and I asked Lord that they would do it at the end. It's called Burdens Are Lifted at Calvary. Jesus very near. Would you stand with me today as we sing this? You know what you're facing in your life. And I know what God can do for you. We're going to sing it as we close. If you need to be ministered to today, if you need prayer, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, if you're going through a sickness, somebody in your family or a friend that you want us to agree with you in prayer, whatever the need, if there's something that's causing you to worry yourself sick, Turn your eyes on Jesus. Burdens are lifted at Calvary. Let's shut ourselves in with God in the final 
moments of this service. Amen. Care, hearts are lonely and drear. Burdens are lifted at Calvary. Jesus is very near. Burdens are lifted at Calvary. Calvary, Calvary, burdens are lifted at Calvary. Jesus is very near. Cast your care on Jesus today. Leave your worry and fear. Burdens are lifted at Calvary. Jesus is very near. Burdens are lifted at Calvary. Calvary. Calvary, burdens are lifted at Calvary. Jesus is very near. Your care on Jesus today, leave your worry and fear. Burdens are lifted at Calvary. Jesus is very near. Burdens are lifted at Calvary. Calvary, Calvary. Burdens are lifted at Calvary. Jesus is very Jesus is 
Heavenly Father, we want to thank you that you're very near. You're as near as the mention of your name. Let not one of us in this room forget that. Lord, we can call upon you at any time. We can choose to pray rather than not worry. Help us, Lord, when we fall into that trap of worrying. Would you remind us of this message when we get to a place where we fail to pray? And so, Lord, we pray that today you will bless everyone in this room, our loved ones, our friends, those that we are asking you for their salvation. Lord, thank you. Thank you for your word. May we go from this place confident that if we pray, you will answer. Lord, we ask. It's your promise. To answer. We don't know how. We don't know where. We don't know when. But you will answer. You're a good, good father. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Go with God's choicest blessings today. The blessings of the Lord that makes one rich and adds no sorrow to it. Lord bless you all. Have a great week. You have been listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. We hope that you've been blessed by this teaching from Cold Lake Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Cold Lake Community Church place where families connect.